It's about the Lord. And when we take the Lord for granted, defeat is in imminent. Yes, defeat is inevitable. Didn't you read your Bible? They sang around the wall of Jericho, right? They, nobody has ever done that. And uh, you know what happened? The wall of Jericho came down, they went in. But Joshua and his team took it for granted. So the next time, they were going to fight a, another nation called I, a smaller country, less than a million. And he said, no, these people, if we could bring down the wall and we are soldiers, we'll be, look at how we have been fighting our way. He said, now, let's just send a few men. And they did not give room for the Lord. The, all the men were disgraced and killed. They did not believe it. They sent another batch. They lost. Then he knew something is wrong here. So he went and saw the Lord. You know, don't get used to, to doing things the same way. Right? Do we want the Holy Spirit in this service? Yes. So I'm trying to let you know, I just want to redirect your mind back, that every service is somebody's day of visitation. Every service is somebody's day of an encounter. Every service. That's why you see I tell somebody that you're just there. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Then... The word is bubbling inside of you. It's like as the word is coming forth, it's like a bubble. And you're just no, jump up and say, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody look at it, that guy is crazy. We need more crazy people. We need more crazy people. Amen. Are you ready for an encounter with the Holy Spirit today? Hallelujah. Then let us lift our hands and just welcome him, acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Oh, he's the one that can make the difference in our service. He's going to make the difference. Just everyone, just Holy Spirit, here I am. I am hungry for your church. I am hungry for more of you. Can you lift your heart and pray? Pray in tongues right now, everybody. Lift your heart, worship him. Lift your heart, long for his touch, long for your word, long for your own encounter in today's service. Just long for the Holy Spirit. Come on, make room for him. Make room for him. Holy Spirit, we are here for you. Spirit of the Lord, we are here for you. The letter killeth for the Spirit give it life. Everywhere, lift your heart to him. Lift your heart to him. I will not go back the same way I came. I will not go back the same way I came. I will not go back the same way I came. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I will never be the same again. Glory be I will never be the same again. I will never be the same again. I will never be the same again. Holy Ghost, we want more of you. Oh, we are thirsty for you, Holy Spirit. We make room for you in our midst. We make room for you, Holy Spirit, in our service. We make room for you unto you. Of your people be. We don't want to go ahead without you, Holy Spirit. Oh, touch us. Touch us. Speak to us. Touch our hearts. Speak to our hearts. Do that which only you can do. Precious Holy Spirit.
If you cannot pray in tongues, lift your voice and just worship. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Father, Amen. we bless you. You know, as we pray, when I looked to my right hand, I hear the word, I am removing the garment of shame from you. Amen. Amen. There is someone this morning. In a way, it's like you have passed your due date. And now what's supposed to be something of joy is appearing to be a shameful thing when you look around. But the word of the Lord for you this morning the Lord is having me to tell you, I believe it's laying in my heart, that he has removed the garment of shame from you. Amen. Amen. He has removed the garment of shame from Amen. you. Amen. That which appears to be oh, a shameful yes. situation, God is now turning it around for your glory. Amen. Amen. The delay is even going to be the envy of others. Amen. Because it's a no wonder. So this was why God made it come late. For the Lord is turning things around. And is honoring you with his glory. Amen. Precious Holy Spirit, we celebrate you. Oh, yes. We love you, Holy Ghost. Oh, yes. It's all about you. Oh, yes. We can do nothing without you. In any way, we have relegated you to the background of our services, the background of our church, of our lives. We ask for your mercy, Father God. Holy Spirit, come back to the foreground. Make it your service. Have your way. Do your thing. Speak your word. Touch every life. Feel free to interrupt us. We bless you for what you are doing. And we bless what you are doing. We bless what you are doing, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' precious name, we are praying. Amen. Amen. Somebody shout louder. Amen. 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 Can you please put those hands together for the Lord? You may be seated. You know, I've, I, the Lord gave me a sermon that I should preach on and I'm going to talk about it one of these days very soon because it's, it's very rare for me to have a sermon title when I'm in church just like that and do you know the title of that sermon do you want to hear it you're not interested do you, should I tell you can we be excited about what I'm about to say? You, you, should I just even be excited that God gave me a sermon title? The Drunken Church. The Drunken Church. Wow. Let me just tell you something. In the book of Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Ghost came, in Acts chapter 1, everywhere was quiet. They were praying just like that. Nobody knew that over 120 people were in upper room, gathered and were praying. Their impact was not felt. Nothing happened. They were there. 
for about seven days. But the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, all that changed. The mighty wind of the Holy Spirit swept across the room. And there appeared upon each one of them a cloven tongue like as of fire. And they began to speak with tongues. Now, remember they've been praying in Acts chapter 1. But something was different about this prayer now. They were praying in this new church the Holy Spirit just birthed. That without any megaphone, without any PA system, speaker, people began to gather. And do you know what they said? They looked at the time and said, these guys were drunk. They are drunk. What? Now, for people to look at people around 9 a.m. in the morning and say they are drunk, it tells you the way they were praying. Go and read your Bible. The first accusation they, they gave was that they looked at like these guys are drunk. That means, you know, in that church, as they were praying, some, someone would just be doing like this. Oh, you know, they were, you know, when people are drunk, the way they walk, I guess that's why maybe the, you know, when I did that, I just remember that there's a church that is synonymous for movement like that. You know, I think it's the Holy Spirit. You know, everything can be abused. There's an extreme to everything. Do you understand? But you see, when the Holy Ghost stepped in, they looked at them and they said they were drunk. They were no longer praying. The kind of prayer that attracted people. They were shouting. They were screaming. They were... We need to become a drunken church again. Where the Holy Spirit invades and, you know, invades and we lose control of all our burdens, all ourselves, and we're just enjoying Him. You know, the Holy Spirit is looking for a church to make drunk. And uh, we are available. Amen. Say with me, I am, I am available. Say, I want more Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. Already, I believe somebody is blessed. Somebody is blessed. Now, John chapter 3, verse 16, very quickly. John chapter 3, verse 16. Oh, thank you, precious Holy Spirit. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? everlasting life now this is one of the most popular scriptures in the christian dome everybody knows it but let me quickly just draw out something this is what i'm going to use to talk or share the word of god from here as we are rounding up the year in less than 50 days now 2022 will be over have you thought about it? In less than 50 days. The Bible says, For God so loved the world. Now, if you don't understand from the Greek concept of this scripture, you will just read it so fast. Now, the word so there is an adverb. So, adverb gives effect to a verb. If you check that word so, 
In the Greek, it actually means ow. It kept one of the meanings ow. So, in other words, this scripture, if you look at it, you can actually say this way this is how God loved the world. Or this is how God expressed his love for the world. And what did he do? That he gave his only, not to, only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm sharing on God's dream. Fulfilling God's dream. Now, the first thing I want you to think of is why will he do that? Why will God give his only begotten son? Why did he decide to do this? First John chapter 4 verse 10 says, Hearing his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son. First John 4 10, and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. We love him because he first loved us. Why did God give his son? Number one, to reveal how precious we are to him. To reveal how precious we are, or let me use the word, you are, to him. And I'm going to explain that very quickly. If you have, those of you who are joining online, I welcome you. I acknowledge your presence. Please take away all distractions. I know that you are there. The Lord bless you greatly. Amen. Good. If you have $10, or in a Naira, we say you have maybe 10,000 Naira, or 1,000 Naira, and you are so hungry, you go to a roadside woman, maybe selling roasted plantain, which is common here, and you ask the woman, how much is this plantain? And she tells you maybe 1,000 naira. You remove your 1,000 naira. You give it to the woman. And she packs this plantain and gives it back to you. What has just taken place is that you said to yourself, you know, this is what the value of my 1,000 naira, corresponding value. And I am willing to let go this money in order to have this. In other words, this plantain is much more precious to me now than for me to have this money in my pockets. Do you know that that's what is happening? So you look at the first, you determine that there is, it has a correspondence value. Number two, at that moment, it, it has a higher value. Why? Because you said, no, my money is not as important now as this food. So you let go of the money to have the food. And when you eat the food, you are so satisfied. And you are happy that you release your money. You don't have regrets. Let's go again. Now, if you get to the same place, 
or you send someone the same thing, and the person comes by and says, this roasted plantain, I bought it for 10,000 naira. One roasted plantain. I bought it for 10,000 naira. If you are the daddy or the mommy, I'm sure you will jump up. Say, what? And one of the things that will come to your mind, you have been cheated. You have been cheated. Now, why will you say he or she, been, your, that person has been cheated? Because you feel that that 10,000 naira outweighs the value of the commodity that has just been given to you. And I'm sure you will go back there. You can even get the police involved. That this woman is a cheat. Why will you sell this one plantain for 10,000 naira? You will not take it. And any other person that hears it, we also say, no, uh -uh. this is too much. But the same 10,000 naira, you take it to Domino Pizza. And they say to you that this pizza is, um, you know, chairman or pizza is, is about 7,000 naira. You feel free. You count the 7,000 naira, right? And you give them because you believe that that pizza has a corresponding value to the money you have given. So the problem is not the amount. The problem here is the, in the value. Right? Yes. Now I'm trying to. So when the Bible then said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. In other words, when God looked at you and I, he realized that he's ready to let go Jesus just to have you and I. In other words, the value of Jesus is the same with my value before God. I am not of lesser value to Christ. In fact, when he hung on that tree, God was saying, I'm ready to let go of Christ just to have these new ones. Just to have this one. In other words, for that time, God is saying, even Jesus is of lesser value compared to the world. If not, they will not release him. And God never felt cheated that the death of Christ bought you and I. When you look at yourself in the mirror tomorrow, I want you to know the next time somebody calls you useless, tell the person you don't know what you are saying. You don't know what you are saying. Me? Useless? Do you know what it means for someone? It took Jesus for God to have me. <laughs> Do you understand? So the next time you feel that God, why haven't you answered my prayer? Remember that it took Jesus for God to have you. You are of great value before God. Say with me, I'm of great value before God. I am not useless. Do you understand that part? So the revelation of John chapter 3 verse 16, the first revelation there is the revelation of value to show that we are highly valuable to God. So if we do anything to make sure you are happy in life because it costs him so much to have you and I. Is somebody with me? Yes, sir. Say with me. Thank you, Lord. 
for placing such a value on me. The second thing that John 3.16 is revealing to us is why did God give a son? Is to restore our family relationship with God. To restore our family relationship with God. One of the things that most of us have perhaps not given full thought to, I'm going to talk more about it in the other point that is coming later, is the fact that Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, the Bible says, And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish, over the seal, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and in, on and on. So God, verse 26 says, then said, God created man in his own image. In the image of God created male and female created he them. Now look at it. Verse 28, and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Pause there. So look at it. God created man. Adam, Eve. And then looked at them, you know. First it was Adam. I said, no, this guy, I don't want him to be alone. So he gave him a wife. Then he said, I want you to have plenty of children. <laughs> I want you guys to just have plenty of children. Why? Raise a family for me. Raise a family for me, Adam and Eve. I want to have people that will run to me and say, Papa, 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 raise a family. Have you thought about that? And that was what provoked one of the jealousies that I believe the devil had after he fell. That because, you see, the only beings that are, were there were in heavens, in the heaven with the Lord. Angels, Lucifer, and all those guys. They were watching. Now, you have created another set of people. You crowned them. You made them special to live on the earth and rule like you. In heaven, they don't call God Papa. They are like, you know, when you have a boss, and so in an official environment, everybody respects him as a boss. But the same boss, when he gets home, is another environment entirely. So heaven can be said to be like a business environment. Earth is a home for God. So when God is true, giving instruction to all of them they worship the bible said in genesis chapter 3 in the cool of the day he comes down and say hey hey down and he says hey god and they look at see, oh god see you know in the office they know him as a street man signing memo giving orders that is that was the side of god that the angels knew the part that rice memo gives instruction they worship holy holy and the rest but um they they, they look towards adam for the first time, they saw God bringing animals and say, oh boy, what name are you going to give it? They saw the, the love of God with a man. In heaven, God just instruct them, go and do this, go and do that. But God himself even brought the animal or God himself, you know. It's like when I'm at home with my children, all right, you know, they, they, they climb my head. We play Ludo together. And sometimes I'm, I'm doing us, I can be there, I'm doing us, and they are riding. I'm not a pastor. 
to them, even though I'm a pastor, I'm not just the, my children don't call me pastor. You know, they, you see, the word that this surpasses every other thing. So it gives them an unparalleled access. So, you know, if a guest comes to my house, they knock and knock and knock. But my children, I have to even say, don't be coming in like that. They just open and sometimes I'm not totally dressed. And they are not minded. They just say, why are you doing? You are not even afraid that I'm not. Come on, get out of this room. But you see, and how many of you are like that? Some of us, we even have, when we have that family home, some of you, your mother will just bring that a wonderful back and say, come and scratch it for me. How many of you scratch the back of your mother? They say, just come and scratch it for me. And she's just there. There is hardly a child that I've not seen the breast of the mother, blue, black, or anything. But the same woman, when she dresses up, packs everything, where the thing everyone say madam madam but when she gets up she removes if the wig can be here the shoe can be there the clothes can be there everything because why she's at home now this is a family that was the environment god created that was the environment god created a, a people he can relate with so he came and said, what name are you going to give it? For the first time, they saw God playing. They saw God laughing. They saw God running around in the garden. And he said, hey, and God will be doing You know, that the, the devil could not comprehend it. The angels said, no, this is too much. We have to do something. If we don't take time, God is going to forget us. You, are the, you will belong to the family of God. Oh, yeah. You are a child of God. He loves to play with you. So, when God sent Jesus, that relationship we lost, that relationship we lost, was restored back. He's raising a family. God is raising a family. Do, don't you realize? That's why I said, Israel is my firstborn. Israel is my firstborn. Ephraim is, is my son. Go and tell Pharaoh that. Through Jesus, we have been restored back as a family of God. That's why he sent him. Say with me, I belong to God. And do you know what that means? That is why the Bible then says that. Look at Romans. Let me just show you something in Romans. Let me show you Romans. Something in Romans. Um, it says, in, so, both in Romans and Galatians, Romans and Galatians, first Romans chapter 8 verse 15, said, for God had not given us the spirit of fear again, for you have not received the spirit of fear again to bondage, but you have received the spirit of adoption. Why? So whereby we cry what? Whereby we cry what? So when Jesus came, the, he, he achieved two things for us. Number one, he, he opened the door for the fatherhood of God. So the world knows him as God, the boss. But those in Christ knows him as what? Papa! Did you realize? You know, that is why he's drawn to love. I would say God is love. Not that God has love. God is love. God, love always requires an object of expression, relational. Love is relational. So, when Jesus was in the grave, he rose. Mary came. Pastor Mary went to go and uh, 
do more to embalm him. Because he died, so on the next day was Sabbath day, so they could not do anything on Sabbath day. So he came on the Sunday morning. And he, he, he saw that the grave had been opened. When she saw that the grave was open, she looked inside and Jesus was not there. Do you know what Mary did? She ran back and went in. I'm, 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 I'm just paraphrasing the book of John for you right now. So she went to Peter and John and said, they have stolen the master's body. They have stolen the master's body. And John and Peter, the Bible said that, began to run. And in fact, John actually said, and that disciple whom God lost is referring to himself. He said, he outran, he outran Peter. So John outran Peter. But you know, when he got to the grave, he, he could not enter. I'm sure he was afraid of ghosts. He stayed there, he could not enter. So Peter was the first person that then came. He, go and read the book of John chapter 20. He wrote it there like that. Then, so Peter then came and entered. And he said, when I saw that he was, he believed. Then it was after Peter entered. How many of you remember that there are some things that makes us afraid? One of them is imaginative ghosts. You know, when I was young, I was always thinking of Willie, 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 Willie. I don't know whether some of you know Willie, Willie, don't die. You know, there, those of you in the old generation, there was this ghost film, they would do Willie, 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 Willie. And sometimes they would tell you, oh, Juju, what's oh, Juju? And they have to even give oh, Juju a, a tribe. They say, oh, Juju Calabar. What is oh, Juju Calabar? And even every child, when they hear, oh, Juju is coming, what do they do? They are afraid. And, you know, I remember there's a particular tree in my house, too. All right. You know, I live in a face man, face your house. And, you know, we don't have toilets. So in the need of night, you have to go out to go and wee-wee. Man, I don't know. Miraculously, that tree healed me of wee-weeing in the night. Because when I come and you have to face that tree, you could see human beings' eyes there. And it's looking at you. So as you are wee-wee, you, you, <laughs> you know, the devil. So I believe John also had that frightful situation. You understand? But listen to me. So they went back. They went back. Was, Jesus made a statement. I'm trying to let you know something. He made a statement. And what was the statement he made? By the time John went back and Peter left, Mary was there. Where have they kept him? What has happened to my master? And you know, God loves those who love him. Jesus was on his way to the Father. He, Mary's love began to draw Jesus. And he responded. He turned back. And he appeared to Mary. And whilst Mary was looking, he saw someone that looked like a gardener. And as she was talking, then she heard the word, Mary. You know, there's a way some people call you that you always know this is from this person. This person must know me from secondary school. Do you know that there are some names? You know, at every phase in time in life, we have different names. Some of us have the name in our compound. Some of us have the name in primary school. Some of us have the name in secondary school. You know, some of us, maybe they, in secondary school, it's even more funny because they will use your stature or your default or your this. So they can call you Ori. And even though you are now the, the MD of a bank, when that your classmates want to call you, just say, hello, who is this? Uh, Ori, Amy When you hear Ori, you know, ah, you, you two, you leave all those things. Say, you know that this, anybody that can call you Ori, you know, which is Ed, 
Eh? You know, it must be from this side of the town. I don't know if you know what I'm saying is true. So I believe Jesus called and said, Mary. Immediately she said, Rabboni. Which is the word for, you know, the greatest teacher. And she said, she wanted to go all game. It tells you that, you see, God lost relationship. And she said, don't hug me yet. Normally, I'm not supposed to appear to you before I appear before God. But you see, I saw the way you are in love. I, I know that you will not leave this grave if I don't do something. I know your love for me. Mary was ready to stay there. And Jesus did not want Mary to suffer. So he came back. Say, normally, I'm supposed to appear before God. But your love for me drove me back. Mary, then he said to him, go and tell my disciple to go to Galilee. I'm coming there. He said, for I go, now look at the word he used. I go to your father and my father. To your God and my God. So it's more than a God to me. When Jesus died and rose again, he is my father. He is my father. I am not a slave. Do you know what that means? This is what we even change your prayer life. You know, some of us, we just, every, our prayer life is so routine. Uh, you know, we just, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has. I will enter his gate with thanksgiving in my heart. Then we think, that, then, say, then you do thanksgiving. No, it's good to have structured prayer life. But when you understand the fatherhood of God that Jesus came to bring him to you. You know, there are times that my children, you know, they just greet. There are times they just come to hug. There are times they just want to just climb my back. I don't have any problem with that. They are my children. And you should not be called a father if your children cannot play with you. So if you can't play with God, if you can't say, Lord, I love you. You see, sometimes, that's why sometimes when I'm in my office, I like to close my office. Sometimes I'm reading my Bible. And I just, you know, I saw something. I, oh, I see something. I would just pause. You know what I do? I just walk. I say, no, you are too funny. You are too funny. You are I love you. If you, if you don't understand, you are peeping. Say, what are you going to pastor? Our pastor is like, it's you don't catch him. Because you see, you only know him as a God, but I have come to know him as a father. Lift your hand and say, Father, I love you. Say, Father, I love you. Can you look at that and say it in the most childish way? No, listen, 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 listen. Some of you, you are too formal. Father, I love you. No. Can you say it like a child to a father? Father, I love you. Hallelujah. Say with me, I'm glad he's my father. Say, I am glad he's my father. The third reason why God gave him to us. You know, I'm, not, I'm just giving you the highlight, right? Is to bring us into right standing with God. To bring us into right standing. For God so loved the word that he gave. So why? To bring us into right standing with God. Colossians chapter 2 verse 13. Look at it. And you being dead in your sins. And this uncircumcision of your flesh. 
at it quickened together with him, are they forgiving you some of your trespasses? Is that what it says? Where are the media team? We are not giving me Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. All right. Say, so I've been forgiving you some of your trespasses. Is that what it says? Few of your trespasses. Is that what it says? What did it say? No, what did it say? What did it say? Say, all my trespasses. Now, do you know that people do not know that you hear people say, Jesus forgives, died for my sins. He died for my sins. If that is all that you are saying, you don't really know him. The Jesus dying for our sin is 50%. There is something that is more than the death of Jesus for our sin. Shall I show you? Do you really want to see? He did not just die for my sin. There is something more that he did. Romans chapter 3. Follow me to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Is somebody being blessed this morning? Yes, sir. I'm talking about the dream of God. Let's start from verse 20. Verse 21. Verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his rights, in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophet. Verse 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by what? Faith. Righteousness, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace. Through what? The redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Who God, whom God had set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. To declare what? His righteousness for what? The remissions of sin that are passed through the forbearance of God. Verse 26. To declare, I say, at this time. Is righteousness that it might be just and be the justifier of him which what oh no I wish I can stay here but you know first service I just want to give you something very quickly when Jesus died on the cross for you for God so loved the world that he gave the first thing that happened was that when I, I, I wish you can be on, around on Tuesday I want to show you, we are going to show a film show, uh, normally, but I, I can show you an archaeology discovery of this truth. A man that discovered that actually on Golgotha, where Jesus was crucified, that mountain, unknown to them, was the same place that housed the Ark of Covenant that was lost. They didn't know. You know, the Ark of Covenant had been lost for a long time. And when the earthquake Occurred. No, this is captured on camera. It the archaeological discovery is there. This is life. I was the Holy Spirit led me to that video. I didn't know such a thing existed, right? When that earthquake occurred, 
in the Bible, right? The blood actually went through the mountain and the blood is there physically. It was discovered in Israel. And the blood unknown to them was dripping on the ark of covenant that they didn't know was actually in the mountain. I'm telling you, if you come around, just come around on Tuesday, it will help your faith. You will see it physically. It's on video. It's captured. Scientifically proven. And these archaeologists actually took the sample of that blood to the lab. He didn't know what he had discovered that was on. Because remission means the blood that is always placed on the Ark of Covenant. When the, when the priest enter into the Holy of Holies once a year, he put that blood at the end. And physically, the day Jesus died, that blood again physically was landed on the Ark of Covenant. But nobody knew until the archaeological discovery. Would you like to see that video on Tuesday? I think it should be around on Tuesday. But let me, let me just say this to you. Now, when we sin, the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So you did not, even before committing the first sin, everybody is a sinner. Do you agree with that? Because the Bible says we are all born in sin. So the first Adam made all of us sinful. Watch. This is what then happens. When Jesus died, his blood washed away our sins. It became the lamp of God, the perfect lamp of God. But it didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. The next thing that God did for you was he justified you. So this is it. I'm owing you 10,000 naira, for instance. Watch. Then I came to say, this man is owing you 10,000 naira. So I paid the 10,000 naira. Watch. That is forgiveness. So it's 10,000. So he has moved from red to zero. Then the next thing he did for you and I is that he then looked at you and said, you are poor. Because even though you have zero now, you cannot, you can, there is every tendency that you go and hold again because you don't have any money. Then he then carried this money and paid extra money into your account so that you have money. Not because you have done anything. Righteousness is this. That when Jesus presented himself, God did not just forgive you. The day you believed in Jesus, the Bible says in Colossians, he said you put off the old garment of sin and he now puts on you the new garment. So righteousness is not because of what you have done. It is because of what Jesus did for you. Those who then say, for instance, I want to hear people say that anybody that wears trousers will go to hell. If you wear earring, you will go to hell. If you, if you wear short knicker, you will go to hell. They don't know what they are saying. Why did they not know what they are saying? Because to be right with God, God is the one that determines the standard of righteousness. Now, let me tell you something. In Nigeria, the right thing in righteousness in Nigeria and on our road is a drive on the left-hand side. But when you go to Britain, Britain has set another standard that if you drive on the left-hand side in Britain, you have committed a crime. So what is right in Nigeria is actually wrong in Britain. Now, God says to you, if you read, he said, 
Righteousness is not about what you have done. Righteousness before God, what is right before God, is that you believe. Look at it. Let's go back again. Look at it. Verse 25 of Romans chapter 3. Oh God. Go from verse 24. Verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Through the redemption that is what? Verse 26 then says, Oh God has set forth to be what? A propitiation. Right? Through faith in what? In his blood. To declare what? For the what? Remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. See, it is God that declares me righteous, not my works. Not my works. So when I say I am righteous, if you want to tie your righteousness to your trouser, you are going back to the law. Because in the law, righteousness is by works, what you have done. In Jesus, righteousness is about what Jesus has done for me. So all I need to do is to receive Jesus. So if your taste is you don't like wearing your ring, good. But I tell you, those of you who don't like gold, you will miss heaven. Why did I say you will miss heaven? Because gold is actually useless in heaven. Gold is, this, is for the walking part in heaven. Called, it is only on earth that gold is valuable. In heaven, gold is useless. That is why the, Bible says, the streets are paved with gold. So, did, 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 did you understand? So, what do you think God is? It is the state, it is so useless. That is why, when you read the book of Revelation, the names of the precious stones, we don't even know them because gold is useless in heaven. Diamond is not even mentioned. Dial gaining. There's no mention there. Say with me, I am righteous. What is the key to righteousness? Why? You see, the purpose of a payment determines the name of the month, the payment. So if I buy a good from you and I pay for you, say ah, you paid for your goods. If you are an official and I give you money to alter decision, you call it bribery, right? Now, if I give you money, all right, to, to bribe you, that the same money that is for food is called bribe. But this time around, the money that you pay, like now we have kidnappers in Nigeria. When you pay to bring somebody out of bondage, you don't call it salary. You don't call it bribery. What do you call that money? Ransom. The payment you make to bring somebody out of bondage in the Bible is called redemption. That is the name of the payment. Is redemption. In other words, this person is in bondage. Now, is the blood of Jesus was presented. So anytime you hear the word redemption, it means somebody has been held against his will in captivity, in bondage. Then a payment was paid to bring the person out. That is what Jesus did through his blood. Glory be to God. Say with me, I am righteous. So he has delivered me. Now the problem with most of us is that we are trying to get right with God by our power. You did not get righteous by your power. You get, you become more pleasing to God by yielding to him. Maybe you have a, a habit you want to stop. Let's say you, you are addicted to drugs. You are addicted to fornication. Or you have something that you cannot stop. 
Each time you want to stop, you cannot stop. Now, it's good to exercise your will, but in this kingdom, it is not your will that makes things happen. It is His grace. So, how do you overcome an addiction? You don't overcome an addiction by saying, I will not do it again. I will not do it again. You see, if you say, I will not smoke again, month one, month two, month three. You see, by month four, you find yourself smoking more than you have ever started. Why? Because the flesh is weak. But in this kingdom, the grace of God is at work in you. What do you do when you want to overcome an addiction? Just yield more to him. The more you yield to him, the more you have strength to live a victorious life. So it's a a life of surrender. That's the key to victory here. So with me, I'm I'm righteous. This is the secret of John 3.16. Put your hands together for Jesus. Glory be to God. We are going to enjoy this series, I tell you. Now, the fourth final one, which is very important because of those, is that why did God give us a son to, to experience community? To experience community. He gave us Jesus so that we can experience community. I will read from the New Century Version of the Bible. Hebrews chapter 10, chapter 2 verse 10a. New Century Version said, His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his own family. By bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And, is, and this gave him great pleasure. This gave him great pleasure. Living Bible, James chapter 1 verse 18. James 1 18. It says, it was a happy day for him when he gave us our new lives through the truth of his word. And we became as it were the first children in his new family. Now listen. In Genesis, Garden of Eden was the place of community. In the New Testament, the place of community is the church. We don't call it Garden of Eden. We call it the church. So what does that mean? You see, when you became a child of God, You were birthed into a new family. This is what the devil doesn't want you to know. The church is the place of community. The church is the place of intimacy. The church is the place of fellowship. So you see that when you are born again, you are now birthed into the community of Christ. Acts chapter 2, after the Bible says, and they broke bread from house to house. A child of God that does not have a family in the kingdom is an orphan. Is an orphan. You don't belong to a church. You don't belong to a community. You are an orphan. Because you see, the restoration of the relationship The Garden of Eden in this New Testament is called the church. It is in that community also God comes down in the cool of the day to relate to us. The church is not an accident. It's God's design. And do you know something about this community called the church we have? It's a place God wants you to experience the real life. In Colossians chapter 2, it says, There is no neither Greek nor Jew. He said, we are now all one to the 
blood of Jesus. You know, in your family, maybe you're an Igbo or you're a Yoruba person. That is all that you enjoy. But in this community, do you know why it's stronger than your normal family? Because you, you are from this tribe, you are from that tribe, but there is one bloodline that now binds all of us together. And that is the blood of Jesus. That is why, yeah, clap if you want to clap. That's the blood of Jesus. So I looked at you, I said, Brother John. Say, oh, sister Faith. That's, do you know, it is actually a real sister. It's not sister out of respect. It's a sister out of bond. Yeah. It's a bond we have. And this is what the devil does not want us to have. When you look at it, you say, do you know why? They came to Jesus and said, your family are outside. And say, who are they? Your, he said, James. Your mother and the rest are outside. And he refused to get up. So you are missing something about this kingdom. So who is my brother? Who is my mother? He said, anyone that is in this kingdom is my mother, is my brother. So you see, the family of Jesus thought that in this kingdom is about biological sentiment. No, it's about the blood of Jesus sentiment. We are bread, blood brethren in Christ. That's why we see us having fellowship. Like now we are having Intercontinental Sunday. What is Intercontinental Sunday? Intercontinental Sunday is a, is a celebration of that family structure within the church. It's a time you see us play. You know, when I see some people rehearsing, you know, some men are like the father in the family. They, when they start rehearsing in their group, I just laugh. Everybody laughs. Do you know what is happening? That is the family. Because in the family, there should be joy. It's, it's not about, you know, when you, when you come on that day, you realize that, you know, some people don't know how to dance, but they are dancing. Because they know that it's not about the best dancer. It's about the, the best family who is coming to showcase their love in their midst. Oh, yeah. Amen. That is why we have it. So when you see, you know, and that day you see us eating together. Why shouldn't we eat together? Do you know the problem that the Pharisees have with Jesus? That he was eating with people. Because in the Old Testament, do you hear that Moses went from house to house eating? Jesus ate so much with people that they said that he lost food too much. And his, his crime again was that he was eating with sinners. What kind of prophet is this? If we cannot eat together in church and all we do is pray together, we are not a family. If we cannot dance together, we are not a family. Everything that takes place in the real family needs to take place. Why do we have as fellowship? It's not to fellowship with the house. It's to fellowship with one another. You share what I have. I share what you have. I don't see you. I call you, hey, brother, what? You know, I, let me just end with this testimony. My time is really, really up, but I just want to say, one of our brothers in church, I was going through a season of crisis, my wife and I, we're so much in debt, owing everywhere. So at that time, we just moved into our house. And you know, the house we moved into was, was, it was, the area was still bushy. Now at that time in our church, some people actually, they, they, we had what we call Max Exodus. Because when we started the church, we were doing interpretation. And uh, one day, some people came, they said they had the association of the Yorubas in church, really. And because they felt I'm a Yoruba person, all right, and they felt, and said, Pastor, see, all this Amonna, all this Mbatin Mbatin people, we need to be very careful with them in this church. I said, eh, we need to be very careful with them. The way because, ah, Omo Ibo, they can't be trusted. No, ah, I laughed. The next one, do you know what we, I did? I scrapped everything Yoruba service in the church. That was the last day we interpreted and I said to them, in this place, the greatest mistake you can make is to refer to anybody by their tribal identity. Because in this kingdom, 
we have only one reference jesus christ and they left but we have become stronger and stronger why because you see one of the so-called Omona, when I was going through that season of crisis, was closer to me than my, even my own blood brother. I remember every morning, Pastor Gabriel, he's not here, he's at the other branch right now, will wake up in the morning, he has to go and look for free vegetable in the bush. He stayed with us. He will cut vegetable, and we had no money to even buy vegetable. He will go and cut vegetable. Vegetable. And we had one boss. If you enter that boss and you're not speaking in tongue, you may not come down alive. Because that boss, if you want to stop at that junction, you have to start pressing. Even me, the owner of the boss cannot stop it. He only obeys the leg of Pastor Ike. Pastor Ike knows as the most. He will pump and pump and pump. No money to even fix the brake. He's the only one that can stop it. Miracle boss. But he stood with us. And you know what? I'm glad that God gave me such a family. Look at your neighbor and say, you are my family. I will watch over you. So when we finish church, that's why we, you, don't you realize in recent time, we look at one another and say, I celebrate your grace. Because there is something treasurable about everybody. Yeah. You look, that is why it is an anomaly when you finish church and you carry your Bible and just walking out of the door. You only came to fellowship with the chair. Hey. No, this is a family gathering. Yeah. You, we must spend time. How was your week? How did it go? You go to the fellowship. How did, I like your air. I like your style. You see, you see people sewing different things together. That is the real deal. Yeah. Jesus came to bring us into that community. Put your hand together. Stand to your feet. Let us pray this morning. Say thank you, Jesus. Can you go ahead and just bless him this morning? Thank you for what you have done. I celebrate you, Jesus. I celebrate you, Jesus. I celebrate your grace. Celebrate all that you have done and you are doing. Come on, Garigo. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you've done. Lift your voice and just bless his name. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Now, before we go deeper, I just want to quickly make an altar call. When I talked about forgiveness of sin, maybe you are here, you are going through one addiction or the other. There's something you've been trying to stop, a battle you have been trying to fight on your own. Let Jesus take over your battle. Let him take over that battle for you. Why don't you make him the Lord and Savior of your life today? Wherever you are, you join online or in person. Jesus wants to help you. He wants to make the difference in your life. You can surrender your life to him today and let him take over. Wherever you are, just want to place your right hand on your chest. If you would like to surrender your life to Jesus. Say, so Jesus, I believe in your righteousness. I believe in the redemption that you price that was paid for me. Now say this words after me. Do you, why do you say this word? Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So as you call upon him for the salvation of your soul this morning, I believe he's saving you. Now say this words after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, here I am. I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I acknowledge that I'm in need of your salvation. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn around in repentance from my sinful ways. I open the door of my heart to you and I ask, Jesus, Son of the living God, please come into my life and be my Lord and my personal Savior. Wash away all my sins with your precious blood and please write my name in the book of life thank you lord jesus for saving my soul in jesus name amen father i bless this once as many who have prayed this prayer from the depth of their heart 
You are the one that paid the redemption price through the blood of Christ. Thank you, Father, for the deliverance of the souls. And I commit these souls into your hand, O oh God. From henceforth, let them rise up to be a strong Christian. I see the Lord taking over your battle. I see the Lord strengthening you for exploit. For in Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Somebody shout a louder amen. amen. If you pray that prayer, I want to congratulate you. Because he has begun a good work in your life. Can you clap for all those ones? It's a great thing to give your life to God. How many of you prayed that prayer from the depth of your heart? Let me just see your hand. You know you prayed that. Wow, you did.